Yo, before we get into this podcast, I want to ask for a huge favor from you. And that is if you have or you are getting value from this podcast, if you were to leave us a review or subscribe, it would mean the world. And quite frankly, selfishly, it's because I want to, we want to continue sharing these conversations, this medicine with the world. And when you leave a review, when you subscribe, it's a vote. And we would love to have your vote. Nonetheless, thank you so much and enjoy. Think of a moment in your life when something happened, whatever it was, and when it happened, you felt your heart close. You retreated to your head. You went to the safest place you could find, which usually came at the expense of your presence, of your love, of your authenticity. That's what this conversation is all about. It is about how do we keep our heart open, how to remain present in the moments that matter. Because certainly there are times when someone says or does some shit that we need to take care of ourselves, we need to protect ourselves and retreat inward and sometimes even physically, right? Go somewhere else. But there are moments when things happen that are outside of our control where we want to be present, we want to fully lean in. And this is what we are talking about today is how to do it when it counts, how to live a vulnerable at the same time, courageous life that feels really good. I hope you enjoy. Why is it so hard to keep our hearts open when we feel unsafe? This is gonna be fun. And I want to start by saying that I am not an expert in this. I'm simply a human like you who at some point has experienced what it feels like to metaphorically have one's heart broken, but to experience physiologically that, that heart closing pressure, deep grief and sadness that comes when maybe we experienced heartbreak or maybe we just feel unsafe or unsure. And this conversation is really designed to explore, one, knowing when we should keep our heart open versus when it probably is the safest thing to just say, fuck this, I'm out, close the heart, I gotta get out of here because this isn't for me. And some practical things that I personally am using or I'm going to be experimenting with because this is what it's all about. It's one big experiment. It's us as humans learning from each other through reflection, through mirroring, through fucking it up and going again and seeing how we can do it a little bit better. And as we head into this, there's a couple things I want you to keep in mind. First is, as I like to say, into redundancy, quote from Bruce Lee, take what is useful, discard what is not, add what is uniquely your own. Your experience is the most important experience, not mine, not anyone else's. So if it feels good, keep it. If it don't, let it go. And the other thing, as we head into this, is I want you to pull to mind as you're going through, as we're going through this conversation, pull something or someone to mind that happened, something that happened in your life that had you feel your heart close. Maybe there was a retreating to the head of the skull. Keep that in your brain. We're going to use that for this conversation. So I'm going to share a story and I want to preface before I get into it by saying I'm going to keep the person anonymous for the sake of just 
honoring that person because this is from my experience and this isn't about shaming, making wrong, blaming, pointing fingers or making anyone occur in a dark or bad light, but really just stating the reality of what my experience was and how I responded to it. Okay, so no making wrong, just what is. A few years back, I was dating someone. Let's just say this person's name was Sally. I was dating Sally and our relationship for, from my vantage point was trending in a good direction. The distance in our relationship because of literal physical distance in our relationship ended up putting a strain on our relationship where we weren't able to be as close and connected as consistently as we would have liked. Well, jumping to the punchline there, there came a point in our journey where I started to get this felt sense that something wasn't right. And naturally, when I say it doesn't feel right, like I, what I was sensing, what I was picking up on was, I think that this person might not be, uh, there might be some infidelity. There might be some things that are out of integrity as it relates to the expression physically, mentally, emotionally with someone else that is not me. That's essentially what my brain thought. And I went through this whole crazy spirals, thoughts racing of what happened. I couldn't get a hold of the person. And this went on for days. My heart was beating out of my chest, but my head was fucking losing it. And I came to find out that it had actually happened. And I was panicked. I experienced obviously a deep grief and sadness because this was someone that I really loved and cared about fucking hurt. And I can literally feel what for me, what feels like this ripping in my heart. And naturally what started to occur during that process through the grieving process is in that pain our, my mind and my body was seeking to create some meaning so we could understand, so we could start to feel comfortable and safe again. But in the process, I started to create stories that were perpetuating a future that wasn't really one that I wanted to own. It wasn't keeping my heart open. It was keeping my heart closed and my head spinning. And I want to use that context, right? I told you to pull something to mind somewhere where you felt like you were hurt, somewhere where you felt like you were rubbed wrong, somewhere where you felt like heart is ripping open. I feel unsafe, right? I want to close my heart to protect myself. Very natural, very common. Pulling that into now this conversation on the content to discuss like, what is it that we can do in these times, right? When I was really deep into it, did I choose to respond in the way that I would have liked to? And the first thing that needs to be addressed is whether or not this is a moment, this is a time when I need to keep my heart open or when it's time to close. Because the reality is that we shouldn't just always keep our heart open to everyone at all times because some people don't have our best intentions in mind. And for whatever reason that that person has, whether they're hurt, right? Hurt people, hurt people, or they have something going on in their life. We can't always trust all the time that everyone has our best intentions in mind when they're making decisions. And that's not to point fingers or blame or make wrong, but just to understand that we aren't always going to be at our best all the time. And there is a point when we need to discern and ask ourselves, is this a moment where it's safer for me in the long term for my relationship with myself and potentially my future relationship with this person to whatever degree that looks like? Is it better for me to walk away and to close my heart for this period of time to create safety? Or is this a moment when I need to lean in and open my heart? 
And I think that this is something that isn't, that isn't black and white. It isn't this one, two, three step formula. And you can just know it really does take pausing sometimes. And we're going to get into like tactical things like breathing, but it's pausing in that discomfort, in the stress response that arises in the moment to sit with ourselves and say, what is it that I need? Because what happens is, is when we enter these dramatic stress responses, the prefrontal cortex or the part of our rational analytical thinking that can really filter through all the information that's coming in, that cognitive activity starts to turn down and what starts to turn up, right, is stress hormones. It's the physical embodiment and the thoughts racing of how do I get out of this as soon as possible? And this doesn't have to be in a romantic container. This can be with a friend. This can be in a job situation. Anywhere where we are in relationship with something or someone where something occurs in our environment and we want to close, we have to be able to pause and sit with, okay, what is the best response here? Because once I've done that, then I can make a decision because ultimately when that situation arises, there's a threat that is perceived. And the primary function of the brain and the body is to ensure its survival, right? We hear the terms sympathetic and parasympathetic aspects of our autonomic nervous system. Sympathetic typically just means rest, cool, relax, digest, right? Sleep is very parasympathetic. Rest is very parasympathetic and sympathetic being active, energized, moving, but also associated with the fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. In the moments of stress, our body releases hormones equivalent to that. Cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine, things to mobilize energy because in that moment, the body and the mind are distinguishing whether it's I'm being chased by a fucking line and I need to get the shit out of here and me and my partner or me and my friend are having an exchange that makes me really uncomfortable. These stress responses create a natural closing because now survival is the most important thing. The most important thing for me in this moment when I hear that my partner says that she has cheated on me is to close. Why? Why did this happen? What happened? What, what did I do? What's wrong with me? Right. The stories start to spin. It's like, fuck you or fuck me or both. Right. Like what is it that I did? Right. So for me in that moment, when I came up immediately, because my whole story is that I am the problem. I am the one. What didn't I do right? I immediately went into all the reasons why I fell short. My brain starts pulling up all the data from all the past experiences that I've had in our relationship and where I could have done better and starts to gather evidence for the story that I'm not enough or I'm not good enough. Or in a reverse role then, and this also happened, I went through the whole cycle of like make me wrong and then I went through the cycle of making them wrong and fuck you and how could you do this? I went through all of that whole gamut. And that's not to make any of that right or wrong, but to realize that for me in that moment when that threat response was occurring, instead of trying to go and make a bunch of decisions and come to a bunch of conclusions, what I needed to do was to pause. Because ultimately, what was present was fear. And then this is where it's, it's very individualized because we have to start to determine what are my beliefs? What are my stories as it relates to an instance like this in my life where I'm being triggered 
trust the triggers to teach, right? Like trusting that the triggers, right? When I press on a wound, it creates, it elicits a response of pain. There's a pain that's inside of me that's being evoked. What is this connected to? Now, of course, we're not gonna be able to process all of that in the moment, but if the question that we're trying to answer is how, how do I keep my heart open when this happens? And <laughs> as scary as it is, and this is the thing that I'm practicing, I'm not saying any of this as someone who's got this perfectly down pat, but the answer is vulnerability, right? And something that I have down here is vulnerability is a courageous act to keep one's heart open when our body believes its safety is in question. There was this incredible documentary that Brene Brown released on Netflix that I watched. And she said something that really touched me, which is to love is to know this could hurt so bad and still be willing to lean in and still be willing to lean in. Because when my heart closes, I'm leaning out. My brain and my body are looking for the emergency exits, right? You ever been to like a movie theater? I'm looking for the emergency exits. I'm looking for the first way out of here. And sometimes that is the best response. Sometimes the building is actually on fire. Sometimes we assume that anything that is triggering means a building's on fire. And it's not always the case because ultimately vulnerability is an act of courage. There is no courage without vulnerability because courage, bravery is action, not in the absence, but rather in the face of fear, the fear of this metaphorical building burning down. So what does this look like in reality? What it looks like is when my partner shared what she shared, in that moment, my immediate response, burning building, what's wrong with me, what did I do wrong, etc. That was me doing everything that I could in that moment to create safety again. Was it the most adaptive response and reflection for me? I would say there's probably better ways to go about doing it. It's actually what I'll talk about here shortly. But the main thing that I'm pulling away from this is that vulnerability, courage, all of these are the the pathways to being able to keep my heart, our hearts open when shit gets scary. Shit gets scary, stress kicks in, rational analytical prefrontal cortex turns off, instinctual being kicks in. How do we then, when the instinct has come up, the instinct for survival has come up, how do we pause? How do we slow down? How do we reconnect to vulnerability? And I would say the first thing that we can do is breathe, particularly breathing through the nose. And big exhale sighs. Because this type of breathing promotes parasympathetic leaning, right? So think of, um, what's the term here? We get the, the teeter-totter, seesaw, right? One side sympathetic, one side parasympathetic. When I get stressed, sympathetic heavy lean. That's the thought body equivalent of got to get the fuck out of here, right? Then there's parasympathetic. And in this moment, when the sympathetic kicks in, prefrontal cortex kicks down. If I can start to bring in a little bit of prefrontal cortex activity, i.e. through my breathing. Okay. 
What am I present to? What are the stories that are coming up? What is it that I'm feeling? Taking a moment to pause, to breathe, to feel into the sensations without immediately subscribing to the stories and the beliefs that are becoming present. And I would say that this is one of the most important things is because how we choose to respond in the moment when this situation arises is going to determine the, the level of shit, the level of story, the level of otherness that we're going to have to digest in the future because we didn't digest now. Meaning I can choose a story that says, I fucked up, you fucked up, this is so terrible. And then that's going to perpetuate thought, feeling, and emotion equivalent to that experience. And now I'm going to have to go and dig that out later. Versus if I respond really well in this moment, pause, breathe. Then the next step being to acknowledge and embrace to fully see it, to fully witness that my partner just told me that she cheated on me. Because in this moment, what I have to do is I have to embrace the death. To embrace the death, the grief that my partner is presenting to me. Now, as you're thinking about your experience, you have to see how this relates to you, right? What is the thing that came up? And it might not be to this degree, right? It doesn't have to be like this crazy deep thing. Maybe it is. Regardless, I think that these principles can still stand. Can I pause? Can I breathe? Can I acknowledge and embrace what is present here? Acknowledging the stories, acknowledging everything that's coming up and just be with it and breathe with it. Because that is a type of response similar to when we're in a cold shower or in an ice bath. That's one of the reasons why I practice. And it's going to be one of the things coming soon we're going to talk about. These practices help us to pause and to slow down when shit gets fucking scary. So we acknowledge and we embrace. And then once I've gotten past that initial like spike, because there's like this spike of I just got this news. Now that has whatever period of sustained that's going on because of the stress hormones that are present. In this moment, now I can ask myself, what is it that I need? And I might not immediately get the answer, but maybe what I need is to walk away. Maybe what I need is to ask a question. Maybe what I need is to continue breathing. Right, because now we're learning to resource ourselves in a time of stress because this is all about can I create a more adaptive response in times of stress? Right, so this is all very much in the moment. I'm going to pause. I'm going to breathe. Nose breathing. Oh, another thing nose breathing and making sure that the exhale is longer than the inhale because longer exhales promote even more parasympathetic relaxation. So I pause, I breathe, I acknowledge and fully embrace the death, the information that is coming in or the scariness that's coming up. And then I ask myself what I need and I give myself that. So in that moment, what I could have done is I could have paused and breathed when when my partner told me what had happened and, you know, hindsight's a bitch, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. In hindsight, what I needed to do was to pause first. I needed to first create a safe space for myself, right? Because unsafe, heart close. Heart safe, body safe, heart open. And I might not be fully heart open, like, I'm ready to love you. And you just told me that you cheated on me, right? Like, it might not be there. Likely, I'm not going to be there. But what I might be able to do is to be curious, ask a question, like really seek to understand before I decide that in that moment that the one decision that that person made 
is now the reason why I say fuck you and all of you. I basically, you know, I cancel that person, which I fuck cancel culture and all of that, right? But I can do that. I can go and I can cancel the entire person. I can cancel all the love that we ever had. And I become one of those people who says, oh, you know what? Can't trust women. I've been cheated on three times. That's a real thing. I've been cheated on three times. Can't trust women. I got the data for it. I can create that story. The story that I did create was I will never love again. I went through that whole shit. It's like when you get like super drunk or hungover, you're like, I'm never going to drink again. Bullshit. You're going to do it the next day. This is the same shit. It wasn't that I wasn't going to love again. It was that I didn't want to feel heartbreak like this again. But the reality is that vulnerability is an act of courage. Every single time that we lean into having any kind of relationship, whether it's romantic, non-romantic, whether it's work-related, we always run the risk of having our heart broken and our body feeling unsafe. Why? Because shit doesn't always go the way that we plan. In that moment, I can choose to embody and believe in the story that says, you know what, fuck you, fuck it, fuck it all. Or, and I'm going to have to go and dig that up later, as I mentioned earlier, or I'm going to sit and say, this fucking sucks. I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if I'm going to like choose to like, I'm going to fully honor like the anger, the sadness, everything that comes through. And I'm not going to like invalidate and make that wrong. I'm just also going to temper it with, okay, is the future version of me going to be really proud of how I choose to respond in this moment or not? Because the future version of me, like the future, the future version of me that's talking about the past version of me right now, I'm not mad at how that person responded. I'm learning from how that person responded. And now the present version of me gets to decide the next time a future moment walks itself into my present moment, how am I going to respond? So that's in the moment. And then there's outside of the moment. And outside of the moment, quite simply, we need to learn how to develop the ability to think, process, and pause when shit gets scary or stressful. And sorry to all of my people who are super cold averse, 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 averse. For those who are cold adverse, you're not going to like this because I am going to tell you that cold showers and even more specifically ice baths are going to be one of the best things that you could possibly do. That or a sauna or temescal, anything where we're putting ourselves in extremes of one direction or the other, which I highly recommend before you do any of those that you do your research. And I'm not going to get into all of that now because there's just like a whole depth of knowledge. Andrew Huberman is a great source of information there as well. But to start with something that you can do, i.e. a sauna or i.e. a cold shower, because those are types of eustress. Eustress being the type of stress that can actually produce positive outcomes on the other side of it versus distress in the form of something like really fucking terrifying, like getting news from your partner that they cheated on you. Right. Different types of stress. Those types of stress also release cortisol versus the eustress doesn't seem to do that based off of what I've learned so far. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Send me a handwritten email. That doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> so doing something like cold or hot or these types of practices, exercise, all these are different ways to develop the ability to breathe and develop resilience and grit in the face of a stressor or a challenger and challenger in the face of a challenge. Right. When the cold hits my skin and I'm, my breathing starts to expedite my stress hormones, epinephrine, norepinephrine, right? These catecholamines, when they start to hit my system, my bloodstream, and they're screaming, run, this is uncomfortable. How do I respond? Pause and breathe and I remind myself, this is for me. This is serving me. I'm expanding my capacity to handle and deal with uncomfortable shit. And that's what it's about. What it's about at the end of the day in this conversation is 
one, I need to know when to open and when it's okay to close. When to run versus when to lean in. Because if our goal is to be able to keep our heart open, especially in the moments when we know that's what we want to do, but we're afraid to do, this is where we can pause, where we can acknowledge and embrace, where we can ask ourselves what we need and develop the tools, and the, excuse me, the practices that help us to come back home when it feels like our home is being fucking whirlwinded by like a tornado or hurricane or some shit. We all have this capacity and this ability. Or if we don't feel like we have the capacity, it can be developed. I did not have nearly the capacity even then when that situation with my partner happened as I do now. And that's okay. I'm learning. You are learning. I mentioned that with that experience with my significant other at the time. Sally, is that what we said her name was? <laughs> and that moment I chose to close my heart and I, and I ran that story. I'll never love again. Well, that's not true anymore. Hence why sometimes in the moments of stress, like our, our thinking gets very haywire. But ultimately, what I know I can do moving forward is that when those moments arise, when I get scared, when I get terrified, I can always pause. I can always breathe. I can always ask myself or, you know, feel what I need to feel in that moment and ask myself what it is that I need. And to be the safe space for myself when the space outside of me doesn't feel safe. And to be able to shorten that time that it takes me to get to an adaptive, empowered, un un aligned decision. So that way, when I stand in my ability in the world to embrace, this could hurt, I could get hurt, I could have my heart broken, and the pain of living one's life with a closed heart due to the fear of pain will never be as deep as the pain of not allowing ourselves to fully experience the totality of love that life has to offer. I have that choice. We have that choice. And you have that choice. I hope that this conversation has been supportive to you in your journey. If there's one thing that I want to suggest is that if you haven't already, start taking on a cold shower practice. Start small, 15 seconds. You're doing that? Try taking on a nice bath at your own pace in a way that feels comfortable for you, but ultimately build something into your practice that makes you uncomfortable, that brings up a stress response and see if you can pause, see if you can breathe, see how you respond there because how you handle the cold literally and how you handle the cold metaphorically in life, those are correlated. Practice how you play. Sometimes the play is, holy shit, someone just said something scary, right? You have the power. You always have. You always will. I love you. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode supported and inspired your journey to greater healing 
and feeling fully alive. If you haven't already, please subscribe and share this with someone you love. And in case you forgot, you are dope, you are loved, and you are enough. Thank you for existing. Peace.